Welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to be looking at organizations that are focusing specifically on labor trafficking, which includes forced labor and and labor exploitation. I'm going to be analyzing them in a similar way to how I looked at sex trafficking organizations in the last episode. I'm going to start off by looking at a much larger organization focused on labor trafficking in general, and then I'm going to break it down into discussing two smaller categories of labor trafficking. The first organization I'm looking at is called Focus on Labor Exploitation, or FLEX. FLEX looks to address labor exploitation that manifests in all different forms of the economy. FLEX looks to highlight more labor abuses on all levels of severity, providing sound responses to human trafficking, they work on protecting traffic victims' rights, and they work on creating clear policies that give policymakers strategies to prevent labor exploitation. Flex is also partnered with other organizations that work on supporting rights in general because they realize that in order to find a solution to labor trafficking and exploitation, they must work on labor rights for everyone. Flex is working on improving policies in the United Kingdom that are focused around reducing conditions that allow for labor exploitation, but also improve the protections that survivors are given. Some of the work they have created to ensure these policy changes are, quote, shaping the director of labor market enforcement's understanding of the continuum of exploitation, end quote, which is a smart move. If they were able to educate and show the director of labor market enforcement that what is really going on with labor trafficking and exploitation, it would be so beneficial in the hunt for change. Flex is currently pushing a policy that will create much more access so individuals affected by trafficking have more of a claim to compensation. According to this policy, titled Improving Access to Compensation for Victims of Trafficking for Forced Labor Exploitation in the UK, victims of labor trafficking many times do not receive a compensation, even though the UK government has recognized the importance of compensation. Compensation in these victims helps with providing closure, as they often do hard labor with little to no pay, but they also allow them to be more financially stable as they got back on their feet. Flex provides several recommendations in their paper for ways the government can help provide more access to this extremely important compensation. Flex also takes into account survivor stories and listens to the stories and circumstances of at-risk individuals to create reports that contain solid solutions to the problem. They break down their reports into different categories, the first one being prevention. Flex does work in educating businesses and the general public on how low-level labor abuses can feed into a chain of events that may contain larger-level labor abuses. In 2018, the British government published the 2018 Immigration White Paper, which was a look at post-Brexit immigration policies. Flex analyzed these policies to point out how how they actually increased the issue of labor abuse, forced labor, and how they opened more doors to human trafficking. Flex also provides recommendations like removing the, quote, cooling off period, end quote, between different types of visas and allowing for more ease to have families become established. Flex also calls for more long-term protection of migrants and labor rights rather than temporary ones. Flex also works hard on increasing awareness and knowledge for individuals such as lawmakers, potential employers, and healthcare providers on how to give victims good support. Flex participates in the workshops with Anti-Trafficking Labor Exploitation Unit to discuss a variety of ways 
different professionals could help victims. One, One of the things discussed are how people can support victims by giving them the resources needed for the NRM, or National Referral Mechanism, which is the UK's tool to identify and support trafficked victims. In order to file with the NRM, a victim needs a statement from a first responder to validate their story. If a first responder if a first responder decides not to do this, the workshop explains ways that providers can push them. Flex also has created a guide to legal remedies for victims. of victims of trafficking for labor exploitation. This is a guide to give attorneys the resources to effectively help their clients. According to the guide, in the UK, there are four possibilities of compensation available to a victim of human trafficking. These include, quote, quote compensation or reparation order following criminal proceedings. The Two. second one being civil claims. The third one is employment claims in employment tribunal. And lastly, criminal injuries compensation authorities, or CICA claims, end quote. The guide provides tools so that the providers can pick the most correct option of compensation is right for the particular client. The guide also talks about non-financial legal remedies, which includes non-criminalization of the victim, legal aid, and the prosecution and conviction of traffickers. Flex also focuses on the gender of the individuals within labor trafficking. Flex acknowledges that women are at more risk in the forced labor sector in areas like domestic work, hospitality, and catering. Flex works on building specific approaches to help these women as best as they can. Flex published Women in the Workplace, Flex's five-point plan to combat labor exploitation. This plan obviously has five steps, which are understanding the problem, identifying characteristics of feminized labor sectors and common forms of abuse that can increase women workers' risk of labor exploitation. The next one is engaging experts. This includes a broad range of stakeholders and voices to make sure that the work of enforcement bodies is informed by women workers' experience. The next is making gender a strategic priority. This ensures that gender forms part of the strategies of labor inspectorates, mainstreaming gender awareness across organizations, which, which is important because some areas of forced labor are gender-specific. The next step is establishing sector-specific enforcement strategies and tools. This tailors enforcement strategies to meet the needs of women workers in different sectors and to adapt or develop tools for more gender-aware enforcement and prevention. And the last one is to take a proactive approach, which is to reach out to the most at-risk workers in feminized sectors through proactive enforcement. These five steps that Flex has laid out are explained in more detail on their report, which you can check out on their website at laborexploitation.org. Labor is spelled the British way, so it is spelled L-A-B-O-U-R. Flex also does research on how women are disproportionately affected by workplace abuse and discrimination. Flex is the type of organization that works on actively changing policies and through processes around labor trafficking. Rather than providing immediate support and assistance, I like that Flex works on changing laws around labor conditions in general and how they explain in their reports that general labor condition changes can affect the system of labor trafficking and exploitation. I also really like how Flex looks at women specifically in the sphere of domestic labor exploitation. Oftentimes, domestic and hospitality work is overlooked when thinking about the labor sphere and can lead to more openings for labor exploitation and trafficking in those industries. The next organization I'm going to be analyzing 
is called Labor Protection Network, or LPN. I really like what LPN does, and I was initially supposed to intern with them this summer, so I'm very excited to share this organization, but I'm also slightly biased. LPN works specifically on the Thai fishing industry and the labor trafficking that surrounds it. LPN works on providing not only advocacy, but also does rescues to help the men and boys in these situations. Through their advocacy and rescues, they are looking towards creating better lives for migrant workers and providing them with more rights and equality. According to LPN's website, lpnfoundation.org, they focus on migrant workers specifically because they are the group most at risk for labor exploitation. Migrant children are captured and given fake identification. Migrants are coerced into these jobs by being lied to and, and are, are constantly threatened by force and abuse. LPN is working hard to prevent this. LPN addresses this issue in a variety of ways. Victim assistance, rescues and raids, migrant education centers, and labor rights advocacy through media promotion. These aspects are all related and tie into each other. Raids and Rescues provides the evidence LPN needs for their advocacy and the migrant education centers prevent it from happening in the first place. LPN's Raids and Rescues consist of five different types of rescues, each one consisting of lots of research and planning to make sure it goes safely. LPN conducts rescues in the waters around Indonesia. According to LPN, between 2006 and 2014, roughly 128 reports of labor abuse on fishing boats were reported. Between 2014 and 2016, LPN conducted 12 rescues to help both Thai and migrant fishermen that had been stranded, which led to over 2,000 individuals being freed from their forced labor. LPN will also conduct raids of factories related to the seafood and fishing industries once they have been notified of possible abuse. LPN partners up with appropriate government agencies to conduct these raids. One successful raid of a shrimp factory rescued 66 Burmese migrants. Once a raid has been conducted, LPN offers both temporary and long-term shelters for the individuals who are rescued if they need it. At these shelters, LPN helps them get appropriate documentation, work through the process of getting compensation, and providing legal support if needed. According to their website, they were also in the process of building a center where fishermen have faced abuse and trafficking in the industry. According to their website, they were also in the process of building a center where fishermen who have faced abuse in the trafficking industry can get counseling, opportunities to learn new skills, and receive a more comprehensive medical care. LPN also has a watchdog network where they get most of their reports from. LPN will report what has been reported to them to the government if they have been notified of possible abuse. This watchdog network consists of migrant workers, mainly Burmese workers, across Thailand. LPN trains these volunteers for what to look for, how to give advice if they deem it necessary, and how to refer people to LPN to receive proper help. LPN also works on labor rights advocacy in a few different ways. The first way is that they are part of the Thai CSO Coalition, whose mission is to eradicate slavery and illegal unreported and unregulated fishing in Thailand. Just as a side note, I have studied the Thai industry in detail before, and often illegal, unreported, and unregulated fishing is incredibly hard to trace, as traffickers will falsify paperwork, making them seem legal to the government. Traffickers will also have the men transfer from boat to boat without seeing land for months or possibly years. Now, the coalition actively engages both the Thai government and businesses to achieve protection in the industries. 
LPN also provides legal aid and helps with criminal prosecutions. According to their website, they help over 3,000 migrant workers every year. The services they provide are helping create connections to get compensation, shelters, testimony preparation, witness protection, fact-checking for their case to make sure it is rock-solid, and transportation to and from the hearing. LPN also helps victims become identified victims of human trafficking so that they can receive the protection and legal status the Thai government will give them once they are, in fact, identified. In the media, LPN works with media outlets in Thailand and in the countries the migrants are coming from to provide updates on migrant registration and other technical aspects of migration to help provide transparency with that aspect. LPN also uses social media to provide tips and information and set up events in local communities to help connect migrants to those communities. LPN also runs migrant education centers, which do a variety of things. All of the services they provide works towards allowing migrant children to integrate into public schools. LPN schools are not meant for long-term education, just to serve as a stepstone to prepare them for Thai schools. LPN schools provide bilingual teaching, teaching in both Thai and in their native language, and education to allow the students to thrive in the Thai schools. LPN also provides education to parents about how to register their kids into school, but also how to help their children thrive. These education centers are set up in migrant worker camps, which provide access to schools for children living in them. LPN also runs a mobile education center, which goes to migrant communities to register them for school and youth and parent workshops to build a bond between migrant and Thai communities. According to their website, LPN focuses on providing more access to education so so migrant children have a safe place to go while their parents are at work. Migrant families often do not have much money to provide safe child care, and if Thai schools are not accessible to the children, they are often brought to dangerous work environments. Overall, LPN does some amazing work with labor trafficking and exploitation in the fishing industry. By really focusing on migrant communities from, from publishing migration updates to the, in their home countries for workers who may be looking to come into Thailand for work, to providing the foundation for a child in a migrant family to thrive in Thai schools, it really makes a difference in the migrant's life. Helping the victims through migration services, but also potential court hearings, it ensures that the survivors of labor abuse, exploitation, and trafficking will have the best support and justice that they deserve. The final organization I'm going to be looking at is called Goodweave. Goodweave looks to end child labor in global supply chains involving the rug and weaving industries. Goodweave has created the Goodweave Generic Standard, which which assures that business related to the rug industries, both importers and manufacturers, have received their goods in an ethical way that does not participate in child labor, forced labor, or bonded labor. In order to achieve the good weave standard, they must be completely transparent in all of their functions, which would be verified by random, unannounced inspections. The good weave standard was created to have different regulations depending on the item and the material, but also to be applicable in every country of the world. Goodweave also has the Goodweave label, which is one step beyond the Goodweave standard. Recipients of the label must comply with the standard, but also that the collective bargaining and association or unions are allowed. There must not be any discrimination. Environmental impacts that are negative must be reported and actively worked on to reduce, and working conditions must be respected, including proper wages and hours. 
When companies sign up for either the Goodweave standard or the Goodweave label, it allows them to find possible causes through the random inspection on child exploitation or labor exploitation as a whole. When this occurs, it leads to Goodweave going in to help those children by rescuing them from their conditions. The inspections also encourage good workplace habits acting as a deterrent for businesses to participate in these practices. Goodweave makes it a priority to work on improving workplace rights and conditions for all as they realize that fixing just child exploitation will not fix the problem as a whole. According to their 2017 impact report, the newest that they have published online, almost 78,000 workers were protected by Goodweave, 65,978 of which were rug workers covered by the Goodweave system. Goodweave also provides educational opportunities to children who may be affected the most. Goodweave tailors their educational context to what would be most effective depending on where they are providing their services. Goodweave hosts early education centers, provides school scholarships, and provided housing for children who may need one. According to their 2017 impact report, 11,165 children were educated using their services. Goodweave has many positive to it. Goodweave has many positives to it, but I also have some critiques. One of the things I really like about Goodweave is that they not only provide regular education, but also a preschool slash daycare type of program. This provides free child care for children who are not school age to attend while their children are at work rather than being brought to factories or staying home alone. I also like that they tailor each program dependent on the needs of the community they are in. For instance, if a community already has free childcare, Goodweave will not build one. The framework of their education also emphasizes strategic intervention in communities where perceptions and practices place children at a higher risk of being trafficked or enslaved. The framework of their education also, quote, emphasizes strategic inter intervention in communities where perception and practices place children at a higher risk of being trafficked or enslaved, as well as the transferability and adoption of our successful monitoring and evaluation programs by local, regional, and national governments, end quote. I also really like that while they are focusing on child labor specifically, they also acknowledge that in order to fix the problem, they have to fix the entire labor exploitation industry. Going off of that, I do wish that they had discussed more in their annual reports and specific work how women are specifically helped because typically it is women who are doing this type of work. In my opinion, it is important to highlight that women are doing this type of work to recognize it. I also wish that they had more information listed online about the rescues that they do. There's not very much listed. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode in my podcast. This currently is the final episode right now, but stay tuned in the future because, because I may be producing a podcast on how certain industries like nursing and transportation, including flight attendants, work towards identifying on helping human trafficking victims. Thank you so much for listening.